Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. happy amen you may be seated glad y'all here looking forward to tonight and welcome those who are joining us broadcast here we're here in grace life church in jemison alabama we're just right next to Birmingham. there's the way the crow flies or just i mean just right up on it you know so close your eyes and you're there if you got a jet i mean no well i mean you're close to it anyway Five weeks from today, I think, is Christmas Day. Have y'all got my presents yet? Y'all better get shopping. No, but it is, isn't it? Five weeks from today is Christmas. And about this time next week, you know, uh, it'll be Thanksgiving. Anybody going on a diet next Thursday? We're all in agreement. No one's going to be on a diet. Well, we're all doing good then. Well, if you got your Bible with you, why don't you go to John chapter, um, well, let's see. See if you're flowing. Where do you think we ought to go to? That's right. John 16. You're right. John 16. And while you're there, I'm going to be in Habakkuk. And then I'll get over there to where y'all are. But y'all just go to John. So in about six weeks, we're going to hear a lot of teaching. A lot of, and that'll be right. It'll be good. We'll hear a lot of teaching on New Year. And we'll hear a lot of teaching on vision and new plans and new ideas. And God's doing a new thing. And, and, uh, Believe me, God really doesn't want to have to wait till January to do a new thing. Especially if you're stuck in an old thing all this year. Hmm? And as we said uh, you know, the other day, you know, uh, in the Jewish Hebrew calendar, uh, the calendar changed actually in October, the end, the end of October. And so, uh, but here with us, uh, we look at it as a page. So God just jumps in where we're giving place to, you know. He gave us a will, so if we're open to new ideas... He's like, well, I guess you got to wait till January 1st before we think about it. So, but that's not us, are we? Are y'all ready at any time? I'll try that again. Are y'all ready about any time to do a new thing? Well, we got good help. Y'all know we got good help? We got the best help in the world. We got the Holy Spirit Himself. Isn't that the good, isn't isn't that good help? And, uh, well, and stay right here in John, but I want to read from Habakkuk. And uh, this is the words he said. He said uh, in uh, chapter 2 of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1, he said, I'm going to stand upon my watch, and I'll set upon the tower, and I will wait to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he that, re- that runs, or he that, uh, re- you know, when he reads it, he can run. Notice he doesn't start running until he reads. And notice he doesn't start writing until he hears. See, a lot of people say, well, you need to have some life goals. You need a life coach. Well, I'm not against a life coach, but you need to be careful about a life coach. Uh, a lot of pastors have not been very happy about pastoring, and they've turned into professional life coaches. And uh, you have a coach on the inside who knows everything who could coach your coach. Amen. I don't mean we can't learn things, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of a fad. And some pastors are saying, well, I'm a pastor, evangelist, uh, prophet, missionary, uh, life coach. Uh, it's just like, you're a lot of things, dude. I mean, just, you know, just, well, <clears throat> how about, how about we're H, uh, what is that we call ourselves? HD, SD. We're Holy Ghost stuff doers. How about that? <laughs> Kim Cloud, and we asked Kim, said, what does that mean? He said, well, you're a Holy Ghost stuff doer. It means you do that Holy Ghost stuff. Y'all do that Holy Ghost stuff? Mm-hmm. Notice he said, I will stand upon my watch, and I will set upon the tower, and I will watch. In other words, he said, well, what's he doing? He's watching, and he's looking, and he's waiting to hear. He's not just running and doing. He's waiting to hear what he shall say, and then I'll answer. And then when he gets that answer, then he can write the vision. Hmm? 
Some people were sent, and some people just went. Amen. Well, he says, then when he had the vision, and he was able to write the vision, so that it would be plain, so that they could run with it. And he said, then, because the vision will have an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak, though it tarry, wait for it, because it's going to come to pass. John 16, that's where you are. We know this is um, just, I don't know, some people say the night before. I don't know if it's true. I didn't but I didn't ask you anything. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Siri's talking to me. So, he said, I, Jesus, right before he was betrayed and he was crucified in John chapter uh, 16, you know, he told his disciples, he said, I'm going to go away and it's good for y'all. <clears throat> they didn't see the value in that statement. He said, no, it'll, it'll be expedient or it'll be to your advantage if I go away. And he said, uh, and if I depart, he says, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. Uh, I want to get to verse 13. I'm going to read it from the King James. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. And, and he, he goes on to say, when he, Jesus says, when he, the spirit of truth comes. And notice he's the spirit of what? Is there always going to be truth? You know, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to Google to look for truth, is he? No. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he, he's going to do what? He's going to guide us into all truth. All of it. That's a pretty good life coach, isn't he? Now, notice this. He said, uh, Jesus said, he, now he won't speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he's going to show you things to come. Well, on the, one, on the way someone can show you things to come is someone who has experience and who knows, who knows the future. You know, do you all know what the weather's going to be uh, January the 14th next year? I don't. The Holy Spirit does. Well, he said he'll show you things to come. And he shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. He went on to say, All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he shall take of mine, and he shall show it unto you. Now let me read real quickly, same, same passage from the Amplified. It says a little bit differently. It says, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he is the truth-given Spirit. And he's going to guide you into all the truth, the whole truth, the full truth. So help him, him. I added that part. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but the Holy Spirit, he's going to tell you what he hears from the Father. He's going to give you the message that's been given to him, and he's going to announce and declare to you the things that are to come. He's going to talk to you about things that's going to happen in the future. Man, isn't that exciting? And he will honor and glorify me because he'll take a mine, receive, draw upon what is mine, and then he's going to... After he receives from me, draws from me, he's going to come right back to you and they're going to, going to reveal it, declare it, disclose it, transmit it to you. And then look at that next verse. Jesus said, everything that the Father hath is mine. He didn't say about a fourth of it or half of it. He said, everything the Father hath, Jesus I have. This is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and he's going to reveal and declare and disclose and transmit it to you. Now, uh, not saying nothing wrong with this, but next year you're going to, get a, you're going to hear a lot of sermons on uh, 2020 vision because it'll be the year 2020 and it'll it'll parallel to 2020 and you know but <clears throat> that's it'll be a catchy way to say what you want to say in, in 2020 and having you know a 2020 vision but <clears throat> the Holy Spirit has perfect vision in 2019 he had perfect vision before you and I were born amen so we don't really have to wait even five or six more weeks to get good vision. He told Jeremiah, and we won't go there, but Jeremiah 33, he told Jeremiah the prophet, he said, he said if you're calling me, he said, I'll show you things to come. He said, I'll reveal things to you. He said, he said I'll, answer, I'll answer you things you don't even know to ask. I've prayed that way sometimes. I read that years ago, and I, so sometimes I'll just say, Lord, I don't, I don't even know the questions, much less the answer. Would you, would you give me the questions so I can ask you and then give me the answer? Amen. You think, well, that's dumb. Well, no, I thought I got smart when I started doing that. Because I, I found out I was asking dumb questions that didn't even belong in kindergarten yet. <laughs> so I said, Lord, you provide the questions and the answers, and we can have a conversation here, and I'll just do all the writing down. Well, <clears throat> we, have, uh, we have vision, and we all have an individual vision, and I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. And I want to talk about 
as we go forward, I want to talk about the things that stop in the vision as we get into the new year. I want to talk about crossing boundaries. I want to talk about pulling up. I want to get to a place to where that, that we're not complacent. And someone said, that's hard to do if you're, if, you, if you're in America because Americans are very comfortable and they're very complacent. It's easy to do when you go to the mission field because they don't have anything. They don't have choices. They don't have heat a lot of times. They don't have air. They don't have electricity. They don't have vehicles. You know, when y'all went over to Peru, uh, some of them asked, you know, because you brought all the supplies. And they said, uh, they said uh, uh, where, where did y'all come from? And, and uh, they said, we're from America. And they said, what's that? And I'm thinking, how could you live in the world anywhere and never even heard of the United States? But they haven't. So <clears throat> they don't live on equal footing as we do. Now, God's there just as much as he is here. But a lot of times they get greater miracles because their dependency has to be on God because they don't have blue cross, red, claw, red cross. So, I mean, they, they, have, they have his cross. And so they believe God or they die. And so a lot of times when we have all these options, you know, we'll pick option this and this, and then we'll just add, said, Lord, I took all my pills. Now, would you help me a little bit on top of that? Well, you know, it, it, it's good sometimes if you need help, get help. And uh, I know Pastor Billings, he, he, he likes to say it this way. We've got to get to the other side. So if, if we've got to go across the bridge, get on the bridge, but let's get on the bridge and get on the other side, then we won't use the bridge no more. Amen. But let's, let's don't keep the bridge forever. Nothing wrong with getting help. You ought to get help if you need help. But let's have a goal to get to the other side, okay? And uh, <clears throat> that's the, that should be the plan. So this vision has to do with what he's going to speak to us. And uh, he's going to want us to enlarge our thinking, our capacity to receive. He's going to want us to be able to, to see things clearly. Um, I think it's, uh, let's, let's go real quickly over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> We could quote it, but it'd be better if we saw it. And uh, <clears throat> for sake of time, we won't get into all of it because most of us are familiar with it. So we'll just jump in, I guess, with uh, verse 9. Paul said, uh, speaking to the church of Corinth, he said, it's written. So he told them something that had already been written. It's actually, you can find this in the New Covenant, this passage. He said, I have not seen and the ears hadn't heard. Neither hath it in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Well, if you just stop there, you'd think, well, see, we can't know. We can't hear. We can't see. We're not following. God's a mysterious God. Hmm. His wonders to perform. So how can we know the things of God? Because we can't, because see, we can't see, we can't hear, we can't know anything. We might as well just wait and let him just tell the whole story when we get to heaven. Well, and I've been told that many times. And I said, I said, they said, well, it's in the Bible. And I said, well, keep reading a few more verses down. It says, but God hath revealed them. Oh, look there. Next, the very next verse tears up all that bad theology. But God hath revealed them unto us. So verse 9, he wasn't talking to you. Now 10, he's talking to us. But God, are we together? Verse 9, he says, you don't see, you don't hear, you don't know. Next, next verse, he's talking to you. But God hath revealed them unto us. By, how? How? By his spirit. By his spirit. Remember the same one Jesus said, when I, when, it's better for you if I go. Because, you know, if I'm over here answering Peter's question, I can't talk to John. I'm over here at John. I can't deal with this one over here. And when I'm sleeping, I can't, you know, I don't talk in my sleep very much. And so he had a natural body when he was here. He was Jesus, the son of the living God. He was anointed, had it without measure, but he came in a physical body. So he had great limitations. He said, so it's going to be better for the whole world when I'm not here. Because one just like me, not kind of like me, but just like me, he's going to be here. He can be here all the time. So I don't know how he's here and at your house. And I don't know how he's at your house and over in Switzerland and Australia and Canada and all that. But he is. Amen. So he said, he, uh, so you're gonna, he said you're going to be able to see. You're going to be able to hear. You're going to be able to know. And he's going to tell you things that he hath already prepared and kept ready for you. There are some surprises that God has for you. Now, some people are saying this is for 2020, but, but I'm just a little bit selfish. God's got some things he's keeping ready for you in 2019. Amen. God can make the world six days and I got five and a half weeks left. I'm not just going to just throw them off. It's, I, now, look, I've pastored a quarter of a century. So I've learned habits of 
people, and I'm part of those people. So when we get near Christmas and Thanksgiving, a lot of times in America, church kind of tunes you out because we get busy with our festivals. We get busy with our holidays and all that. And it's, it, it is, it's a busy time. That's, that's a wonderful time. We enjoy it. But God can do some things in 2019. Huh? Anytime you get involved in faith, God's already there. Anytime you get involved in doubt, he's gone. Hmm? Yeah. So you can get in, you, we can go ahead and get in, in uh, we can go ahead and put, uh, throw it in the next gear right here in this year. And we just cruise on into 2020. How about that? So he said, these things are going to be revealed to you. How they're going to come? By your life coach. Got to sign up and pay for three months at a time. And he'll just tell me how to live my life. And well, you know, I'm not saying we can't learn some things. We do learn things from other people, and that's good. But not at the expense of the greater one who's living on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. What's a life coach? What's a human being, a life coach, going to tell you about your life huh? that you're not ever going to meet? That's why people say, well, I don't really go to church because there's hypocrites there. I just watch TV and say my tie's there. Well, okay. You can, you can do that. You might learn some things. You, you might enjoy that and all that kind of stuff. When you need help, see if they're, see if they're going to show up at the hospital. See if they're going to marry your kids. And see if they're going to help you bear grandmama. They're not coming. It's not their call, right? And so uh, here we know that we're going to receive, and we're going to receive everything Jesus said, everything that I have, everything the Father has, remember we read? Everything the Father has, Jesus said, I have. And he says, and I'm ready to reveal all of it to you. All of it to you. So what does Jesus know? Everything that the Father knows. What's he willing to reveal to us? Everything. Hmm? Well, if, if we could know what Jesus knows, we could change our life, right? Hmm? Now, so the question would be, will Jesus know things in 2020 he doesn't know tonight? <laughs> does Jesus get a fresh download for 2020? I think he's informed right now. Right? So I'm just one of those. I think I'm just going to go ahead and get mine tonight. So he said that we might know things that are what freely given to us of God. So you don't have to pay a life coach. You know, he said they're freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which wisdom man teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. Now watch this. But the natural man, which is what? A carnal man. What's a carnal man? Well, carnal man is just someone who simply... Is carnal. <laughs> He's real. He or she are ruled by their senses. You know, we got five senses, and it's the process of information God gave them to us to be a blessing, but not to rule your life. And they help us, and we need them. You know, who was that guy said one time? He said, uh, if God didn't give you the sense of smell, and you got the milk, and you smelled it, but you couldn't smell it, and it was already turned sour. And he said, and if, the, and if the smell wasn't working, he said, then if you taste buds, if you lost a sense of taste, and then you, you, that, that sour milk went across you, you know, down your throat, and, and your taste buds didn't pick it up, they said, when it gets to your stomach, your stomach will pick it up, and it'll work. No, up she'll come. Well, God gave us our senses to bless us, but not to run our life, nor our emotions, right? So the natural man or the carnal man, he just can't receive it. He, he cannot, cannot cannot receive the spirit of things of God because to him, that's just plain, they're plain foolish. You say, well, I, I'm healed. And they look at you and say, well, there's no way you can be healed. You, you're, you're a pitiful looking thing. And they said, why, why would you say that? You're just a flat liar if you just keep saying you're healed. Or you say, I'm prosperous. And you try to get someone to jump your car off. Or you're trying to get you a car maybe one day that you could jump off. <laughs> and you're calling in things that be not as though they were. What are you doing? You're operating in the realm of faith, right? You're operating in God's realm, right? God made you to, uh, to, uh, in his image and his likeness to rule and reign and to dominate just like him. Well, what did God do when he wanted something? He called for it. Now, we get it in the world, right? Everyone there ate at Sonic? Some of y'all did? Did you pull up to one of them little dudes and hit that button? Did you see? Uh, and then when you hit the button, they'll, they ask you what you want, right? You don't, you don't generally see the person who's taking the order, but a voice comes on, you tell them what you want, and 
Lo and behold, five, 10, 15 minutes later, they'll bring the same food to the cars. So hopefully, that's your order. <laughs> right? You do the Pizza Hut, you don't see the people there, or Domino's, whatever, and they deliver the pizza that's your order. You don't see them, you don't believe it. You do it with Amazon all the time, and you know, and the little truck comes down the driveway and whoop, 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 and toots the horn, and all that kind of stuff, and drop off exactly what you bought two days ago. We go to the Word of God, and God says, Call things that be, and I was like, Well, you know, you can't always know what God's got on his mind. Well, you can if you can read. <laughs> God has a mind. And so Bosworth, F.F. Bosworth, wrote the, wrote the book, Christ the Healer. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. So if you don't know the will of God, faith never begins. <laughs> That's really simple, right? So the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolish in him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Verse 15, but he, that's, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Tries all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Last verse. For, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we, so y'all say we. Say that means me. Say a little bit better. That means me. I have the mind of Christ. Well, so he's going he's gonna to reveal all things to us by the Spirit. Amen. And he lives right here on the inside of us. Praise God. What a good life coach. I don't know why. Picking on live coaches, but anyway. So <clears throat> there's a vision here, and there's a plan here, and we're in it. And he wants to reveal some things to us. I believe he wants to increase us in every way we can increase. Amen. Why? Because he needs to increase our influence. Did y'all know that? He wants to increase your influence. Yes. He needs to increase your wealth. Anybody okay with that? Yes. That wouldn't, you wouldn't lose your religion? <laughs> huh? Well, I mean, I don't know, you know, not here, but I, I grew up as a kid and thought if you're, you know, wealthy, you're far from God. Yeah. And only if you're poor, you know, was you, you know, was you uh, close to God. We thought you had to be, you know, poor and not have anything. And so our, the committee of our churches made sure that our pastors was poor so they could be holy. And they were holy. Their shoes were holy. The pants was holy. The shirt was holy. Probably the underwear was holy. I don't know. But they made sure they were, they made sure they were humble. Yeah. Amen. Well, <clears throat> that's, not what the, that's not what the Bible has for us. No, God needs us to be rulers and reigners. Huh? Abraham was your father in the faith, and he was rich. He was super rich. He was abundantly rich. Amen. And we have his inheritance, don't we? And uh, Solomon in the Old Covenant was the wisest man in the world. And some say, well, he's still the wisest. No, no he's not the wisest. He doesn't, he, no, he's not the wisest. He, he had wisdom above anybody of his day, but we have the Holy Ghost in our day. No man who had, would have the wisdom of God would want six, what well, do you have, 600 or 800 wives? I see no wisdom in that at all, do you? <laughs> I don't care what anyone thinks the benefits are. There's no, there's no way in the world. Praise the Lord. Well, let me ask you ladies, would you want six or 800 husbands? No. <laughs> you know, because men can be, well, let's just say sometimes we can be needy. And, and, and he'd be pampered or, you know, or whatever. Would you want 600 people, 600 men with boo-boos? <laughs> and I don't feel good and that kind of stuff. And, you know, no. So that can't be a whole lot of wisdom, right? No. So here we are. We're, we're, we're in a good time in history. Um, <clears throat> so the Bible doesn't uh, tell us the answer uh, or that we have to go look for answers in the sense of, there's things about your life individually in the vision that you're not going to find in this book. Right? I mean, you, you can't find the individual answers in this book. You can't go in the book. You can't go in the book and it tell you uh, who to marry. What year to get married. If you're going to go to school. What, what, uh, sh sh should I go to college? Shouldn't I go to college? If I'm going to go to college, what should I study? What college should I go to? Can you find that in the book? It's not in the book. Where should I live? Should I live in a house? Should, I, should it be brick, cedar, block, or should I mow homes? Well, I mean, you can't find it in the book anywhere, can you? So there's all kind of things. Well, you know, what kind of car should I drive? What color should it be? Well, does God even care what color it is? Well, can you find it in the book? No. So there's all kind of things about your life that you're going to need to know and answers you're going to have that you can't find in this book. But did you know what? We can get the answers to all things because the author of this book is the Holy Spirit, so the author of the book is living in 
on the inside of you. So you got the answer. You got the coach right here down on the inside who knows all things. Now, I know y'all know this, but it's going to get better. So, <clears throat> so Paul said, uh, in, he was telling them, he says, that they couldn't comprehend naturally what God has for us supernaturally. You cannot get the supernatural part trying to comprehend it out of a natural carnal mind. It cannot be done. It is impossible. You cannot do it. Not, not the thing that he's planned for you and the things that he's prepared for you and the things that he has ready. Some things that we haven't gotten, and it's not because it's not time, they're already ready, but we haven't perceived them. We had not picked them up. And they're ready now because we're trying to go through a natural way to find them, and God does not go the natural way. It's going to be the supernatural way, and it's sitting there ready, and, you, and we ought to get it before it expires. Y'all like fruitcake? Yeah. Uh, someone, Barbara was really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, you know? How about someone made you a fruitcake, and it was made ready, and, and, but you, you never knew about it, and when you find out about it, it expired, it had mold on it. That'd be a sad day, wouldn't it? Or whatever you like, red velvet cake and all that. So, oh, yeah, that was made red a few two weeks ago. Well, it's stale. It, it's hard as a, a brick out there. Well, that's no good. So let's get our stuff before it expires, right? Because it's made and kept ready for you. How I'm getting mine. Now, I'm not greedy. I'm not trying to get yours, but if you're not going to pick it up, I'm going to swing by and get yours too. So you better, you better get your stuff because I'll, I'll just take it. I'll, I'll hand it out to somebody else. But God, through the Holy Spirit's ministry in your life, brings these things to you by revelation. He's, he wants to reveal things to you. It's going to come by revelation. You don't have to learn by revelation, but you should. Either going to learn by revelation or you're going to learn what to do and not to do by tribulation. Some people tribulate their whole life and they say, I'll never do that again. Well, how do they learn it? They did learn it, but why, what they had to do? They tribulated. They went through tests and trials and all that. They said, well, God put us through this to teach us something. No, he didn't. Read the book of James. James the book of James disagrees with that. He said, God doesn't tempt anyone. He said, only good thing comes from him. He said, if you'll ask for wisdom, he'll give it from above. He'll never turn anyone down. So you can, you know, you can study for test and pass it. You don't have to cheat. And we, we ought to pass our test, you know. If, this, if life is a test, well, then we got the answer book. And here's the good thing. It's an open book test. You don't even have to memorize it. I always liked multiple choice in school. I, I had a, at least a 30% chance of it, <laughs> you know, because they're usually three answers. And I liked it if they just gave me two, then because my odds increased, you know, I could at least make a, a high D or a low D. <laughs> so, I mean, you could still fail, I guess. But anyway... Well, this is an open book test. Praise God. And uh, so here he says that the Holy Spirit imparts these things to us, but it doesn't come through a natural mind. Now, everyone here, he wants to increase your influence. He wants to increase your wealth. He wants to increase your wisdom. And we, we, we must know, we must know why we're here. Now, sound like I'm preaching two things, but I'm not. We must know what our purpose is. Habakkuk said, I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch. I'm not writing anything down. I'm not running. I'm not doing a thing until I hear from him. And then when I know what to do and I know what the plan is, I know what the purpose is, I know, then he says, and then I'm going to write it down and I'm going to go with it. So God has, a, has, a, has an amazing, amazing destiny for you. Amen. But it's, it's going to require some change. And sometimes that's just something that we don't want to do. Some people are better at change than others. But I'm going to tell you, and I've said it for years, change is here to stay. It is. You know, whether you like it or not, change is here to stay. Second thing I said about that is growth and maturity is optional. But change is here to stay. Now, you don't have to change, but you may have to stay with the times. Amen. I mean, you may want an 8,000 square foot house when, you know, when you raise 16 kids, if you had 16. I met a couple one time years ago and we had a floor covering store in Selma before we moved to Chilton County. And uh, I thought they were kidding with me, but it, it was true. Uh, this couple had 26 children. And I wanted to not meet the husband so much as I wanted to meet the wife. And I shook her hand, and I, and I wanted to get a picture. You know, I said, you know, and, and here you are alive and everything. Well, she had several twins and triplets more. I mean, 
she had one more person in her family years prior to that who had had several children. You know, they'd have twins and triplets. And I said, well, did y'all want to keep on having them? She said, we did. And I, I, I wanted to ask more questions, but I thought I better just be quiet. You know, like, why? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the reason they came, so uh, they couldn't get off till after five. So they said, would you be willing to meet with us after hours? We'll be there right there at close. It won't take us long. And uh, two or three of the kids came in and said, uh, we, the children, are going to buy Mom and Daddy new floor coming throughout the house. Well, this is one time it made it easier on the kids because they bought Mom and Daddy's floor covering, and it didn't cost very much when you split it up around 26. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're an only child, you got to come up with all of it. (laughs) But 26 of them, they just started chipping in. Amen. So I showed them the best stuff we had. Says now, y'all mama needs this. She raised twenty six y'all. I mean, she, she ought to have. I mean, you know, daddy might have, I mean, whatever. I don't know what all he did, but anyway. But mama bore them all, right? So <clears throat> here it is. There, it, it, this vision is going to start. You could call it a desire, or a dream. That's going to have to be formed into a decision. Decision is the place of power. Some people don't go anywhere because they can't make a decision. They have a hard times making decisions. That's okay. But, uh, you know, not deciding is a decision. What you going to do for Thanksgiving? I ain't decided. Well, when are you going to decide? That day after? Decide. Even if it's the wrong decision. Well, I couldn't decide which turkey to get. Well, then just get some rutabagas. <laughs> Hamburgers. Do, do something. Just make, a, just, just make a decision. Break the mold and do something. Well, the kids can't come over. We'll ask them three weeks before or ask them next February, and we're going to call it Thanksgiving. But make a decision to do something. Get, get the water stirring. You know, most people, that's not happening because they're not stirring. The Bible says stir up the gift of God in you. Didn't say the Holy Ghost is going to stir. You stir it up. Now, I've used this analogy. Y'all tired of hearing it, but maybe somebody on Facebook can't heard this. you got everything in you you need to succeed, right? How many of you believe that? He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heaven places. So I just use a simple analogy where you can you make it lemonade, Kool-Aid, tea, whatever you want to make, as long as it's sweet. You don't work with unsweet tea. But if you're going to make tea or Kool-Aid or lemonade or something like that, you only need three ingredients, right, for tea, don't you, sweet tea? You need water, you need tea, and you need sugar. And you put all three of them in there, and you got tea, right? But if you just pour it in the glass, it won't taste sweet. And you only need to do one thing. What is it? You got to stir it up. So if you don't stir it up, you got every necessary ingredient. But if you don't stir it, you you you, you got unsweet tea. So the reason why some Christians look like they're all bitter, they got everything in them they need to succeed, but they're walking around all like a prune. Someone needs to stir them up or shake them up or beat them up or something like that. You know, you say, well, it's just the devil. Well, there's you know, there's ways to get rid of the devil. There's two ways to get rid of the devil: cast him out or beat him out. But anyway, that's just that's another subject for another time. But anyway, so we got desire, we got decision, got to make a decision. And then there's going to, right behind us going to be determination. So that's the three D's: desire or dream, decision, and determination to have the God's best that which He's made ready and kept for you. I'll say it this way: a double-minded man says, uh, "I'll serve God as I can, uh, but I have to make a living." That's what a double man, double-minded man says: "I I, I want to serve God, and I will." But God knows I got to make a living. But the world, or the word, W O R D, the word minded man, or the word ruled mind, I'll say it that way, that's not how he thinks. He didn't think that way. He'll say it this way. He says, um, I'll do whatever God says because in God, my provision is already met in God. My living's already met. We don't work, we don't work for money. Money's a poor reason to work. Hmm? See, you're. Money's not supposed to master us. We're supposed to master money. You hear what I'm saying? You know, even financial planners said, let your money work for you. Well, most of us, we're not. We're working for it. And Jesus had a lot to say about that. And the scriptures, um, you know, almost a third of the Bible talks about finances. And, and uh, in our sense of understanding that that. You know, money, money's just a tool, isn't it? That's all that it is. You didn't bring any in, you're not going to take any out. But we're going to rule the reign with it while we're here. 
Amen. God wants you blessed. He wants your family blessed. He does. He wants you to be an influence. And a, and a righteous man with a righteous checkbook is going to do some righteous stuff. An unrighteous man with an unrighteous checkbook, he, he's, he's just going to be hell on wheels. That's what it's going to be. He's going to be, he's going to be a pitiful influence for God. Amen. If you've got enough money, we can feed a bunch of people, can't we? You know, we want to just take some old coats. I wish the zipper worked. You know, and I'm sorry the pockets in the coat don't have any, you know, they're gone. But you had nothing, so it's better than anything. Amen. Be cool go down there and get a $200 London fog coat, you know, that goes down to their ankles and say, Merry Christmas. You say, well, you can't do that down there and get it to the homeless. Why? Why? Well, they're homeless. Well, that's why they need a coat. <laughs> you know, they, they need a coat, but mostly more than they need a coat, they need Jesus, right? And change their, their whole mindset of how things work. It's not, it's not that they had a bad mindset. Some things have happened to people that shouldn't have happened and, and um, got on the street that way. And then there, there's all kinds of ways to get on the street. But we can bring them off. You're not going to bring them all off, but you can bring some people off. There's some people ready to get out. Not everybody's ready to get out. Some people like the system. Some people are going to be in the system all. You don't have enough money in the world to get them out of the system. Hmm? There's, there's people that if you start feeding them, you're going to feed them forever. Because, and they're not looking to do anything else. That, I mean, statistically, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But if, if you just follow the, the years and years of records of, of jail or mostly the prison system, you'll find that most of the people who've been in there 5, 15, 20 years when they get out, they're, they're, they're right back in there within 30 days because they don't know anything else. I mean, the, the doors are open and they're free. But the problem is the mindset's already been set and they can't, if you were to take the bars away and the fence down, they'd stay right there because they're not in, they'd be free, but they're already in their mind. They're already institutionalized. And God wants to break that institutionalized out of our thinking. Get us out of this. Well, I can't because of so-and-so. Well, that's not, that's not a scripture. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It does say that, right? And so, you know, when, so he said we're already free. So why would we want to live institutionalized? When, when, when he sprung us out. Amen. Y'all doing all right? So <clears throat> the, word, the, the word ruled mine says, you know, I'll do it God's way with his plan, with his wisdom and with his guidance. And I'll have all the resources that I need necessary because that's in the plan. Well, I can't find, I can't find me a mate. Well, I've been giving this advice for years. I, I'm just waiting for somebody to listen to it. Get involved doing what you're called to do, and you'll, you'll more, 99% of the time you're going to meet the person doing what you're going to do. Don't marry some guy that, you know, or, or her and say, you know, well, I'll, I'll change him. Ask someone my age or don't even have to be my age. You don't change people like that. Amen. Could they change? Possibly. But you're, you're, that's, not, that's not your goal was to change someone. Amen. Find somebody already doing it. Hmm? I mean, if, if, if a guy says he's a professional paint, painter, and you think about getting to paint your house, and every time you see him, he has on solid white clothes, I don't believe him. Hmm? If a carpenter don't have a, a thumbnail every now and then, just get a little, you know, with a, or he's hit it and the blood comes out of there, never, it never happens. It never happened to you, sir, back there. It never happened to either one of you men. Yeah. I got one on my toe. I didn't hit it with a hammer, but I did something that was like, it, you know, it stays under the wire. You got you to gotta wait like two years for the, nail, the toenail to grow up enough to, come to ever get it. Well, you know, if, if, if you're hammering it, well, there'll be a day that you're going to hit yourself. Well, you don't find somebody who's already doing, already doing. They're already in the process. Amen. They're already, they're, they're already serving God. They've already got a heart for God. They're already, they're already a giver. They're already this. I've had so many people through the years could say, well, I want to come to church, but he won't let me come. Uh, or, they, or they'll come, but you know, he says I come, but I can't give anything because he says I can't. And all this kind of stuff. Or I'd like to go help and, and, and minister up here, but he says I can't go all this. Well, see, we, we need to know on the front end before we get into a, a covenant with someone where, where it's at where they're at. Amen? And so here's the deal. The single-minded, now a single-minded person is ruled by the word and they're, 
and then they can be controlled by the force of patience because it takes faith and patience to inherit the promises. Faith and patience. But when you're single-minded, you're single-focused, and you keep your focus, it, you know the manifestation is just at any moment. You know, Jesus said, you will have, didn't say you had it at the moment. He said, but you will have what you say. And you stay single-minded, single-focused on it, and then through the force of patience and faith, he said, you'll do it. But a double-minded man, he said, won't receive anything from God. And a house divided against itself, he, says, it, he said, it just can't stand. And uh, uh, so long before that you and I were ever here, God already had a plan. Now we're going to get to the meat of the message, and i got to hurt real fast. Before you and I were ever born, God already had the plan. He knows every little minute detail of your life. Y'all believe that? Yes. He, knows that he knows every detail of it. And he told us it's a glorious plan. It's a, it's a wonderful, glorious plan. And uh, it's not going to be like uh, the ones, uh, somebody else here in the room. It's going to be unique to anyone else. No one else is just like you. And so how, 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 what are we going to do to increase, to pull up our stakes and to increase our territory and to enlarge our territory? And how are we going to go into this with, with fresh vision and we're going to make the right, the kind of decisions? Is because we are going to listen to what the Holy Spirit, if you want to call him the life coach then, call him that because that's what he is. He's not dead he's, he's, and he has all the information. And uh, so in this plan, um, it's already been predetermined that you're a son and a daughter of God and that you already have succeeded in him. Jesus already succeeded and put it down for your credit. Now, you don't have to be smart because all you got to do, the Bible says he's our God. So I've been through a few caves. Been to one over here in Childersburg a few times. Been in the one over in uh, Chattanooga and been a few others. But I... I just never went up in front of the guy and said, Let me, I'll show this thing. I, no, I, I don't need no flashlight. I'm a real man. Yeah, well, you're a real idiot. It's what you are. So you better stay behind the guy who, who knows something about the cave, or that may be your tomb. You may be entombed. Yeah, right? So we have a guide who knows exactly where, they're, exactly where we're going and knows how to take you individually to the plan of God for your life, which is amazing. And knows the shortest way to get there. Amen. So we all, we all, we all listen up really good. Now, <clears throat> uh, a lot of this is going to come and happen because of we are taking time to pray. This is like three or four sermons I'm throwing into one. So y'all just have to be like a smorgasbord and get it. Now, some, some people say, well, I don't believe in praying in tongues. Well, don't worry. The Holy Ghost won't bother you with it. Amen. But the Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown, unknown tongue, he's speaking unto who? God, he's not talking unto men. Howbeit in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries, or mysteries are being revealed. Well, that's, what, that's the information you're looking for to get revealed, right? Now, I don't know who, who this, uh, this, I was in meeting years and years ago, and I wrote down the essence of what was said here. And, this, and whoever this uh, minister was, he said, I once asked the Lord, why did you give us such a peculiar language to use in prayer? He's talking about speaking in tongues. He says, and this is what he spoke to my spirit. He says, among men, there is a language that has never come into existence that carries the vocabulary to express everything that I am in you through Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. Since, there's, since there is no language, since there was no such language with such a vocabulary, I had to create my own and loaned it to you while you were on the earth. Ready for a little bit more? I just loaned it to you till you get to heaven and then it'll cease. Meantime, you'll know, meantime, you know in part and I know everything. You know, Paul said we know in part, we see in part. So meantime, he says, you know in part and, and what the, when the Lord was answering this man's question, he said, but I know everything. He says, my entire redemption plan for your eternity, whenever the devil comes against you, he said, don't worry about it. Did y'all get that part? When the devil comes against you, do what? Nah, don't, don't worry about it. Because of your infirmities, that word infirmity just means your inability to produce results or your weakness. You don't, want, you don't know what to do about the situation. He said, don't worry about it. Maybe you, maybe you know a little part, but you don't know how, to, how we're going to move this thing. Hmm? 
How, how are we going to move the needle? How are we going to get this person to line up so we can go do this? How, 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 how are we going to sell this? How are we going to buy this? How are we going to, you know, how are we going to turn the corner? How are we going to turn the page? Anyone ever thought of anything like that other than me? Two of you, praise the Lord. So he says, so because of your inabilities or your lack of ability to produce results, I will start making intercession for you according to the plan. And even though you know in part, I will pray the other part that you need. Now that lines up with that. That lines up with the scripture, right? Now uh, let's 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 finish here because I, I didn't know I run out of time. I think that clock is a liar. I don't I don't believe it. It's just it's just a lie. I rebuke you, curse you. Not not the man right below it. Just that clock right there. How to leave? But Romans chapter. Uh, let's see, was it eight? I'm looking for. Yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Romans 8, 27, 28 says, Likewise, the Spirit, He helps our infirmities. For, for we don't know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself, better translation be Himself, He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And He that searches the heart knows what's the mind of the Spirit because He makes intercession for the saints. Is that you? You're a saint? You're not an ain't, are you? You're a saint. He makes intercession for you according to what? According to the will of God. So you, who's praying for you right now? Holy Spirit. And he's getting the will of God according to, for your life and your plan. Now, we know the Trinity is in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet they're all equal. Now, I've, I've preached this many times, but I need to say it again tonight. The only one on earth of the Trinity that's here is who? Holy Spirit. So, before, way before you was born, way, 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 in the eons of many years before you was born, God determined everyone's plan who came into the earth. And he decided when was the best time for you to be born in the earth. And not, not just to get you here, so you can start life and go to school and get you a job and get you a car and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, and cook and clean and that kind of stuff. That's part of life. But there's, there's a purpose for your life. And he decided when was the best time for you to be here and how, wh what part of the world you'd be in and what family you'd come in and where you'd go from there. He had, he had all that planned out. He knows exactly what he's doing. You may, it may look like, you know, I, I got stuck with a bad deal. Well, you're, you're not stuck. You're not stuck. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, parents were alcoholics. Did you know that? You see, and you've seen that work both ways. You've seen kids who's raised by alcoholics and they become alcoholics. And you've seen kids who hate so bad, they, they wouldn't drink NyQuil because they found out I had 2% alcohol in it. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's parents were alcoholics and he hated it. And he said, I'm going to do something with my life. No, he did. And he made, a lot of, he made a lot of attempts, and he failed a lot of times, but he kept on, he kept on. He ran for this and, and got it, and he ran for that and lost it, and he ran for the Senate and lost it, and he went for the governor and lost it and ran for the governor and got it. And I mean, it, it was, this was years and years and years and years. He ran for the president, lost it, ran for the president, finally got it. Then he got, he got killed doing the job. But here's the deal. He... He knew there was a plan for his life, and he knew he had to go forward and went through a series of changes. So the Holy Spirit has, was the one, and you've heard me say it this way. I always put it like it was like a big boardroom in heaven. And there was the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and every individual person came up, and they decided at that time where you, who you were, where you was going, and what, what the plan was, and it was a good plan. So the only one who could know the plan who's on earth for your life would be the Holy Spirit. So he knows if you're on track. He would know, right? If he's on track. He knows what the purpose is. He knows what the time is. He knows what the plan is. He knows what the gifts that were given to you. He knows the, uh, uh, the talents and the skill sets. He knows everything about it because he was in the original board meeting. He probably was taking the minutes. So he knows exactly where we are in the plan or if we're even in the plan. So there's no reason why anyone ever has to leave this life and fail. Now, I'm going to say something that you hear all the time, and it's wrong. 
And people say, you can be anything you want to be. That's an absolute lie. That's not what the word says, right? Now, God gives you the right to do it. You can go do your will, but Jesus never said it. Jesus didn't go to the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and say, I'll do anything I want to. <laughs> he said, if there's another way to do this, let's do it another way. But nevertheless, forget me, I'm here to do your will. He didn't say, go to the church of your choice. No matter what that back of that Ross Neely truck said. And he, right? And he didn't say, he just, you know, if you live in America, you can be anything you want to be. No. We ought to find out the plan that God has for our life. Because you'll be happier in the plan than you will doing what you think you want to do. I would have never done what I'm doing. Never. Never. People say, and it's not even always good advice. People say, well, there's indicators to know what your, what your, what your vocation ought to be or the dream or the call for your life is by what you like to do. That, that, that could be true to some degree. I mean, you could, be, you, you could enjoy a certain amount of sports, and maybe you're an athlete, and you could enjoy maybe uh, love the arts and music, and maybe you're an actor, or maybe you're a musician and all that, but that, that's, not, that's not true. I mean, I purposely failed school, so I wouldn't not, uh, certain classes, you know, the, 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 so I wouldn't have to do an oral book report. So if you, if you went based on that, you think I'd want to do this? She said, if you, don't, if you don't do that with your great average, she said, you're going to flunk go to summer school. I said, just go ahead and sign me up for summer school because there's no way in the world I'm going to get up in front of people and talk. Never. She says, she said, you're willing to flunk and go to summer school to get out of that. I said, yes, ma'am. Just go ahead and get my F right now, and I'll just miss this class every day. She said, that's foolish. I said, it may be, but I'm not doing it. She said, what are you going to do your life? I said, I'm going to work for the power company. I got inside connections. I guess I am working for the power company. <laughs> wasn't the one I was talking to her about. Well, I didn't do that book report. And I said, I, and I don't need to do it because I'm never, I'm never going to do anything that puts me in front of people speaking. So you couldn't say, you know, look at the natural talents and, the, and, the, and that will be a big clue to that. Because you might, because really I was an introvert in that sense. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be heard. And I'm not looking to be the spokesman now. But it was just the grace of God and, and his call and, and him being Jehovah Trickster that even got me here. <laughs> Amen. There's no way I would have done this. So he says the Holy Spirit, he searches the heart. He knows what's the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then here's the verse that you always hear, but you hear it out of context. You hear it at funerals. You, you hear it at a re, you know, reason at a funeral. And we say, all things work together for good to those who love God, to them who's called according to his purpose. We don't understand how this could have happened, but, uh, but God knows and he, he had a reason for doing it or letting it happen and all things work together for good. That is, that is pu totally pulling that verse out of his context. Paul's talking about intercessory prayer, right? Not trying to explain why you got hit by a Mack truck. I say, well, you know, God just knew and he just needed you know, another angel. And I think, well, could you let me just fall asleep in my sleep? I mean, do I have to, you know, I have to get run over by a bus? <laughs> you know, that's a, give you that run down feeling. I'm talking about, you know. anyway. Uh, so what does it mean that, uh, where it says he that searcheth the hearts, it means that the Holy Spirit is continually, watch here. And he that searcheth the heart, the Holy Spirit, he's continually searching our heart with the intention, we're closing now, with the intention of removing everything that's contrary to the will of God because he knows the will of God for your life. He was in the meeting. He was taking the minutes. He knows if you're on track. So he's consistently praying. When we're praying in the Spirit, so you can, get, you can say a sentence in the Spirit in your prayer language more than you could speak in Tesla the whole day and get eons of just massive inf information. Massive information. John G. Lake, for instance. Like it was one of John G. Lake. So he was, um, I forgot what part of the world he was in, but he's in a real mountainous state or country. I don't know where he's at. I can't remember. But he's, he said that he was driving, just driving up this mountain. It was real curvy. 
And all of a sudden he heard on the inside, he says, quickly go to the other side and park on the left side of the road. Do it now. And, when, and so he, there was no one behind him. There was no car coming. So he quickly went off the other side of the road. And he said within just seconds, 10, 15 seconds, he said a, a big truck came and was trying to get around. It was going too fast and going around the curve on this way elevated mountain. And it was on his side of the road. And there was no way the guy could pull that big truck. He said and he would have just he would have just ran into me. And I would just went way off the cliff and I'd have been dead. You mean the Holy Spirit can see around the... Oh, he can see around the curve. He can see around the curve. So when you're praying by the Spirit, God's talk, how, how, does God, how does God talk to us? How does he communicate with us to our mind? No, to our spirit. And the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, he's constantly searching. He's looking on the inside because he knows the plan. And he says, they're a little bit off. I got to pull that out of there because that's contrary to where they're supposed to go. They don't need to be here. So, so he's pulling it, but, but he, he needs us to. So we can't say, well, we can't hear, we can't see, we can't know. But that's ninth verse, 10th verse is, but God has revealed them to you. So the Holy Spirit, he's consistently searching um, and removing everything intentionally that's contrary to the will of God in your life, that he's already heard for you, that he already knows for you. So in the supernatural realm of speaking in, in, in the Holy Ghost language, there's a medium of exchange that's taking place that's all supernatural. It's just supernatural. Then you, you end up saying, you, 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 it doesn't make sense here. And, and, and you're, you're just out here walking it by faith. And it doesn't look like any of it's working. And you're just looking in the Word and you're just praying and you're just following the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't look like there's any way it's going to happen. Any way possible. Am I talking to anybody that knows what I'm talking about? But all of a sudden, you just keep walking, and you just keep on agreeing with God, and you just keep on agreeing with the Word, and you just keep praying in Spirit, and you say, Holy Spirit, just lead, and you guide and direct me. I, I, I just yield myself to you. My life is your life. I don't, I, I don't have a life. See, that's the problem is people have too many lives. They've got, they got a home life, a work life, a church life, a Christian life, a non-church life, after church life. No, you got one life. Hmm? And Paul said that life died. So <clears throat> when people die, uh, that will stops. Hmm? Paul said, I died. And he says, and of course, you know, and it, was, it was a symbolism, analogy, you might say it that way. Paul said, I died, but you know, here I am. He said, but the meat that, he said, the meat that you're seeing... It's him. I was crucified with Christ. But he said, but, and I was buried with Christ. He said, but I was also raised with Christ. He said, and, but the faith that I'm living up, is, it's his faith. It ain't my faith. It's, it's his life. It's not my life. So the Holy Spirit wants to guide and increase and increase your influence and your capacity to see more, know more, do more. Open your eyes to see. Open your ears so that you hear. Uh, gain you the understanding and the wisdom that you need to take you to the place that's already been prepared for you. And he knows the plan. So every time we get, we're praying and we're yielding ourselves, he says, this is going to be contrary to where, what I have for her. So I need to go in there and pull that out. Put her right back on the path. I mean, you're, you, you, you go get on a jet, you go get on Delta, and you say, I'm going to fly 2,000 miles and get off at whatever, wherever, wherever it is. And that pilot, he gets off a tenth of a degree for six hours. You're going to be somewhere, but it's not going to be where you're asking to go. Because you get off just a little bit for a long time. And, 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 and that's, how people, that's how people get in trouble. That's how Satan does. Satan has so much patience. And he's good at it. He, he's not going to talk you, a, a Christian, you know, into, into doing the most ungodly thing that you can think about. He'll, he'll just have you make a little bitty compromises. Because he, think, he, he thinks he has more time than you do. And he does, unless Jesus comes before we leave here. So he just have you go like this. If it, takes him from, if it takes him five years to move you from here to right there, he's willing to do it. Then after a while, isn't that what happen, has happened in society? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, when, when I was growing up, uh, TV was real simple. You just needed an antenna, 
or some rabbit ears and some tinfoil. You had UHF and VHF. There was no such thing as no remote control. We used to talk about this someone else this week, and you needed to open the window and have someone outside when you wanted to watch something, you say, oh, back, back, back the other way. Uh, no, uh, whoa, go, go, no, back, back, hold it. Then they let go. You ever time when they let go, you lose it, say, yeah. could you hold it? Stay out there a couple hours, I want to watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we had to get up and go to UHF. I mean, you, you had, what, 6, 13, you had 10, and, it's, you know, then you had the, the tw- 21, and 42. Yeah, now, now we got these things, you know, with the uh, 700 channels and ain't three of them worth watching. Huh? $150 a month. And, and it's junk. You ever thought what $150 a month to do at the end of the year? That's $1,800. I can be on a cruise for that and get away from all these silly people. Huh? But I'm just saying the point is he'll, he'll move you just a little bit by a little bit, by a little bit, and what he's done is he's desensitized us. So now you say, well, I know it's R, but it's just, you know, it's just a, it'd just be a few little scenes. I mean, that's just life anyway. You know, people have kids one day, so, you know, God, God made the process. Yeah. Well, see, how much has it changed in your lifetime? I mean, Anybody like me that you went to school and you chewed gum and you got you got in trouble? What did you, you have to do when you got chewed gum and you got caught? You had to write lines. You know, and depending on the teacher, it was either 100, 500, or 10,000. I mean, you know, just, and y'all did like me, you learned how to use three, three pencils at one time. Y'all ever done that? I tried five, but I couldn't do it. You know, being a southpaw, but I could take three pencils and do it, you know, real. I will not chew gum till tomorrow. I mean, uh, till ever. <laughs> huh? And, and now it's just, it's just, you know, every kid that's six years old has got a smartphone. We were talking about that a while ago before church. I don't know if that's smart. Hmm? You know, we love the technology, but sometimes our technology doesn't make us smarter. It dumbs us down. You know, when, when you're sitting there in the, with your family in the house and you're texting each other in the same room, <laughs> you say, what's up? And you're like, well, she's just right there. <laughs> Have y'all been out to a restaurant with the whole family sitting there on a, on a weekend and everyone's got their phone out waiting on the food and they're all texting or talking on the phone? And, no, and, and there's no family conversation going on? I don't, I don't know if that's too smart, do you? It's, it's just not. It's, it's got great advantages, but it's got many disadvantages. Amen. If that makes me old school, I'm just, I'm just going to get older. Amen. So you have a great plan, and the Holy Spirit knows what it is. He was in the board meeting. He's got the minutes on you. All you got to do is pray and ask him, am I on track or am I on track? Because his intention is going to pull everything out, you know. You know, when that first time I went to the, uh, not the dentist, but he didn't know, what do you call the guy that has to pull the wisdom teeth out? The, uh, what's he call him? Oral surgeon. And I said, do they have to come out? He said, no, they don't have to. He said, but you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to want them out. I said, why? Because he says, because they're going to bring a lot of pain in your life. He said, if you keep them, it's going to bring a lot of pain. Well, there's some things in our life that's not supposed to be there. If they stay there, they're going to bring a lot of pain in your life. Amen. And the Holy Spirit's wanting to remove those obstacles out of the way. And we don't have to wait to 2020 to get some new vision. Amen. He knows the plan right now. How'd y'all like to get a jump start on, you know, in 2020? Hallelujah. Five weeks early. It was available since she was born, but anyway, let's just let's go. Let's just go ahead and jump in there. Say, I got eyes that see and ears that hear and heart that understand. I got wisdom from above, and God's a good God. Never give comes from above. Things are about to change. I'm gonna make some decisions. I'm gonna quit saying, "Well, I ain't side. It ain't side. I ain't side." Well, just decide. You, you, you got to decide. I mean, if, if you get at McDonald's and you get in out there and going around there, and if 
And if you sit there long enough, you're going to make somebody mad. You know, even Chick-fil-A going to have a record pulling you to the other end. You know, they're, they're going to do something, move you along. you got to make a decision. Decision is the place of power. may not be the best decision, but make a decision. Make a decision. Holy Ghost people make decisions. I don't know why I'm saying all that, but be a decision maker. That's where you're empowered. Amen. Well, we must stop right there.